Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Audio Roulette Podcast, the only podcast on the internet where you can listen to two teenage guys review an album and then talk about everything else but the album. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I said I wanted to talk about the history of issues, and if you don't know when I talked about that, it was somewhere in between me yelling about Disney Channel. Flawless argument, by the way, perfectly calm, non-emotional response, nothing at all. It was perfect. Anyway, I said that I wanted to do it the next week, and then the next week I did an interview with Jason, and then the week after that I reviewed My Turn by Little Baby with Soap, and this week I was supposed to be chatting with a couple friends, just fucking around or whatever, but somehow communication got messed up, and so uh, that's pushed later. So I thought, hey, why not just talk to myself about history of a band that I love and I've been obsessed with for last like three days never mind the fact that I've been obsessed with them since I was like 12 or whatever um thought what would be better than doing that so today we are going to be talking about the history of the metalcore new metal R&B jazz fusion band issues but before we get into that we have to explain the backstory prior to that like way prior to that and that is with the band woe is me now i told you there's a convoluted history here and i think my favorite part about a small scene of musicians is the fact that they're just it's just small so you end up having all these connections out of nowhere that just make everything so much better to me at least it's so much better but what was me was a band that was founded in 2009. Yeah. Long time ago, right? Now, in 2009, they founded with a few members, one of which was Kevin Hansen, a guitarist. Uh, he ended up only being the only founding member left in the band. Um, anyway, they formed in 2009. They ended up gaining like seven members. Uh, Tyler Carter and Michael Bone, very important people to remember. Tyler Carter, Michael Bone. They ended up joining as well as Ben and Corey Ferris and Austin Thornton, I think. I think he was the drummer. No. There's a different one. There's a different one. I don't remember. Austin Thornton's the one I remember because I fucking hate that guy. Anyway, they immediately recorded a three-song demo with the songs I, Hell on Water, and If Not Ourselves. Don't know these names. This is Metalcore back in the day. Um, they immediately recorded that and also recorded and released a cover of the song TikTok by Kesha. Now, in 2010, they ended up getting signed to Rise Records and Rise and Velocity Records. It was like a joint deal or whatever. Rise Records at this point was like top of everything right they had like abandoned all ships um they ended up gaining crown the empire a couple years later they ended up getting palisades a couple years later uh of mice and men attack attack all these really big name bands right huge so what was me being able to get on there with like a three song demo fucking insane it was unbelievable and very impressive for that well immediately following that fearless records had at the time, it had become a yearly thing. But the first record was released in like 1999, I believe. And it was a series called Punk Ghost Pop. And in 1999, they did it where, you know, it was just the pop songs. And so punk bands were covering it. Hence, Punk Ghost Pop. Well, a couple of years later, I think 2008? Yeah, like 2008, 2009. Uh... They started again with the volume two, and that's where you had like Silverstein covering Apologize by One Republic and Timbaland, A Day to Remember covering Over My Head Cable Car by The Fray, such songs like that. And it was insane. It did really well, but it had a different change. It had like a little bit more post hardcore, metalcore vibe to it. Well, so they were on Punk Goes Pop volume three with their cover of Hot and Cold by Katy Perry. This album i love punk goes pop but this album was crazy it was like techno as fuck everything i have synesthesia and the 
artwork for the album is like bright blue, right? Electric blue. That shit is literally what every song looked like to me. White and electric blue. There was no change. It was just all techno pads and chugging. It was crazy. I really like Hot and Cold by Katy Perry, though. But it had all the original members. Or at the time of them recording their album Numbers, which was released in November of 2010. No, August of 2010. My bad. Uh... They actually recorded it in the same month that they got signed. Um, they went and did Punk Goes Pop, and so that was the lineup they had. Well, one of the guitarists, Tom Sherrill, ended up leaving by the end of 2010 and was replaced by a dude named Jeffrey Higgins. Don't really know him, but he came into the fray in March 2011 and was immediately only there for the release of their song Fame Over Demise or Fame is Greater Than Demise whatever um he ended up leaving right after that i don't know why but then he was replaced during halfway through warped of 2011 which what was me was playing on by abandon all ships's literally just kicked out of the band guitarist andrew payano he joined and they went and finished out warped and everything well tyler carter clean vocalist ended up leaving in august 2011 now a lot of this i just looked up on wikipedia because i want to make sure all my information was correct. I know the story. I know the story, but I wanted to make sure I had everything right. This is when stuff starts getting into my territory that I know of. So, after he left, they went and looked for a brand new clean vocalist. And in September, not even a month after Tyler left, they got a new guy named Hans Alligood. He's a really good clean vocalist, right? Really good. Well, during this time frame, bands, metalcore bands, were releasing songs that were diss tracks. Like, you know, the rap community stuff. Except this one was with, like, breakdowns and you didn't really know if they were talking about their parents not understanding that it wasn't a phase or they were attacking a band member. Well, in this one, I only found out, like, two years ago. I think it was 2018 when I discovered it. I've been listening to the song since they basically released it. They released a song called Vengeance. Amazing. It was during the whole like MySpace, Twitter was brand new era, and they had like hashtag vengeance on the front. Don't know if they were trying to start a trend of like, fuck you, Tyler Carter. All this bullshit. Anyway, released Vengeance, did really well. Well, early 2012, Michael Bone and both of the Ferris brothers, you know, the bassist and guitarist, Ben and Corey, they dipped. They left, citing personal reasons, professional reasons, whatever. Ended up leaving. Uh, this is where it gets kind of interesting because uh, Austin Thornton was a total prick. And that's the drummer. And during this time, uh, God, he just, he was such a fucking prick. I can't even, I can't even tell you how much I hated him. When you hear all the stuff, he just started drama for no reason. And it just, uh, he was such a piece of shit. I couldn't, I couldn't stand him. Anyway, uh, they ended up releasing Genesis, their second album, after they had already released a deluxe edition of Numbers, which was a deluxe reissue and had a brand new cover of We Are Who We Are by Kesha covered by them. It's kind of cool. They did a callback back to their like TikTok song cover. It was, it was cool. It's a banger. It's a banger, basically. Um, during, uh, they got a new clean vocalist named Doriano Magliano amazing dude both Hans and Doriano were flawless together they made an amazing band so he joined in April Austin ended up leaving I don't know 2000 late 2012 early 2013 um but it was after the release of Genesis which has some of my favorite songs um uh I just this uh I had to say that it was my favorite and then not know anything. FYI, A Story to Tell, um, I've Told You Once. I love those songs so much. I jammed them. They, oh, my God. They're so good. Well, they also managed to six days before, was it six days before the release? No. This was in 2011 when they released it. Um, they covered... 
TGI. Okay, I got to go back. I completely confused myself. I'm so sorry if you guys are listening to this. I'm so exhausted. <laughs> um, 2011 was when they released uh, their album, uh, the deluxe reissue of Numbers. It was at the end of 2010. They gained a new clean vocalist in 2011, and they immediately, you know, uh, started working on a new album and everything. Um, in 2011, they did manage to score Punk Goes Pop Volume 4. Amazing one. That's kind of more of the songs that I grew up on or whatever. Um, and they covered another Katy Perry song, TGIF, last Friday night. Funny enough, Hans and Michael Bone were the vocalists on it. So Michael Bone was on both What Was Me Punk Goes Pop covers. But Michael Bone ended up leaving shortly after with the Ferris Brothers. Doriano joins in April 2012. Austin Thornton ends up leaving mid to late 2012. And then they released Genesis. Well, in early 2013, they then have an interview where they announce they're working on a brand new album with Tom Denny, who was the guitarist for A Day to Remember, who left so that way he could focus on producing music. He also produced um, the entirety of Collide with the Sky album by Pierce Savale. Yeah, he, he was a big dude. And he was also on the platinum album Homesick by A Day to Remember. And he was on every single album up to that point until he left to go produce, which is amazing. I think they've only lost... Tom Denny, maybe one other dude, but a day to remember has stayed the same members throughout, which I find fucking awesome and doesn't happen much in music anymore. Um, anyway, they track American Dream with it in 2013. They uh, released the sole single for the album, which was Stand Up, and uh, played the entirety of 2013's Warp Tour. Well, on the track, which I discovered in 2016, I think after, this is why it's so cool to get into this stuff. They have, on the title track, American Dream, they have Danny Leal as a guest vocalist. Now, why is Danny Leal so cool? Well, Danny Leal is the vocalist of San Antonio's very own Upon a Burning Body Southern Metalcore Deathcore Band. Their first album was pretty much Deathcore, and then by the time they got to their second album, they started finding their sound, which was more Southern Metalcore with some Deathcore influences. Then they had their third album, which was just like, fucking flawless and they had their third and then they had or their fourth and then fifth and then i think they're working on their sixth right now amazing band and they're from san antonio so you know i love them to death anyway they released this it ends up being an ep also interesting enough was the only artwork that they released that didn't have their little in brackets s logo which was their thing didn't have any of that. They released the EP. It's like five or six songs, 2013. Then in September 2013, they announced they're breaking up, which was more disbanding because Hans decided he didn't want to be a part of the scene anymore. So he left, and then the rest of the members were like, fuck, we're not doing this again. We're just ending it. Because they were only together after looking at this. I didn't realize it. they had a very short, very impactful, but very short career. Now... Before I go on anymore, I want to explain why they were so impactful. They brought in a new sound. They added a technicality to the music that they were listening to, right? So they founded in 2009 and in 2010, they ended up releasing all of this stuff. They ended up releasing their numbers album, everything. It was amazing. But at this point in time, bands were just now starting to get more out of the post-hardcore scene, you know, with like... uh. Uh, what is it? Under Oath, um, like early Bless the Fall, uh, early Escape the Fate, like first album. Uh, what is it called? It wasn't that good enough for the truth and cliches. It was, it was something. I can't remember what it was called. Um, but those albums was more post-hardcore. Uh, kind of more adjacent to what the self-titled Of Mice and Men album had. And what they kind of rolled with in that album, where it was like chugging and then like the that kind of stuff uh, with more screams instead of like growling. What was me had a much more cinematic, theatrical, I always say steampunk kind of feel because that's the kind of vibe I always got from the music. 
but it had, you know, the techno beats that they used were a lot different. They were more cinematic, kind of more like uh, Born of Osiris, if you think it, sort of like that. Um, maybe a little Egyptian, maybe, I guess. I don't know, kind of a darker vibe to it. Uh, but the technicality, yeah, they were still chugging and doing stuff like that, but they started making, you know, more complicated patterns with it. So to me, and I've listened to a ton of bands from this era, this was a band that like really started shaping where the metalcore scene was going to go. And they were only around for three and a half years, I'll say, because it was at the end of 2009 that they started forming. And they broke up towards the end of, well, I guess it would be four years. But they shaped so much. And so the band's impact was felt and is still felt throughout most of the metalcore scene these days. And they completely disappeared until last year when they made an Instagram account. And I'm guessing it was to hype up a tour for the anniversary this year, which fucking COVID shot down, which I was so mad because I made an entire set list of like bands that would work really well for the sound and whatever. Anyway, that's not the end of what was me because the Facebook page that had like, you know, 60 or 70,000 followers on it immediately got a name change. Now, what was this name change? It was the favorite weapon. Why is that important? Well, Hans Good made a new band called Favorite Weapon. He then rebranded the entire What Was Me page, immediately gaining him like 60 to 70,000 new followers for this band that people have no idea about to hype up his band Favorite Weapon. And I believe, I can look real quick, I believe they only released one album. They were okay. They weren't like amazing, but they, they were they, they were okay. Um, yeah, one album called 60 Saragossa. And it was it was all right. It was post hardcore. It was back to a kind of not so guttural kind of feel. And you know, Hans Alligood ended up leaving that after about a year because he didn't want to do the touring life. And then the rest is history. What was me's legacy was in set in stone, and nobody was ever going to get any more from it. Now, what does that have to do with issues history? Well. Issues was founded by Tyler Carter in 2012 after he had left the band, uh, What Was Me. Well, after Michael Bone, Corey, and Ben Ferris left, they ended up joining Tyler Carter to release the lead single, which was King of Amarillo in October of 2012. Why is that important? Well, King of Amarillo, again, found out about two years ago, was the response diss track to Vengeance. Again, I just fucking love the song. Didn't know about it. Ended up releasing it and it did really well. It skyrocketed forward and they kind of took the woe is me feel, but instead of just having like this brutal chugging kind of like in your face, it kind of have a little bit more of like a candy sweet chorus kind of thing that gets stuck in your head with this like brutal breakdowns and stuff that were way more technical with it. And I'm guessing that's because they had a different guitarist, which was AJ Rebello on the track. Funny enough, Ben Ferris, who was the bassist, he didn't even perform bass on it. And they ended up having Skylar record who would later join the band record the entire track. But when they, after they found it, they immediately got signed to rise records Kind of awkward being on the same label as your previous band. Kind of weird. But they signed to Rise Records, and both Ferris Brothers left before the Black Diamonds EP release, which was the debut EP for it. Uh, Corey left in September, which was pretty soon after the inception of the band, and then Ben didn't leave until November, which I believe he left (laughs) like two weeks before the release of Black Diamonds. But... Tyler or Tyler Scout Accord and Skylar Accord were both on the recording for the EP. Scout doing like turntables and um, keyboard and Skylar doing the bass. Um, The EP was released on November 13th, but almost six days exactly before that, they were featured on Fearless Records' Punk Goes Pop Volume 5 with the cover of Boyfriend by Justin Bieber amazing go and listen to it uh on my instagram page 
uh, I'm doing like one of those 30 day song challenges. And one of the prompt was like, what's a song that you like that was covered by another artist? And I showed boyfriend by issues and that shit slaps. It is so good. I love it to death, but I, okay. I'm so sorry. I just have to say, I know I'm probably saying, um, but so anyways, I'm trying to keep up my train of thought and I'm going all over the place. So I apologize for all of these sentence starters. Now, I know I think I've said that before. I don't fucking know. Okay, just, I'm going to talk. Don't judge me too much for it. They released Black Diamonds on November 13th. They were featured on Punko's Pop Volume 5 November 6th of 2012, which was kind of crazy for a band that just started out to just pop up on there. Also, the same thing happened on Rise Records' other band, Dallas? Yeah, Dallas's own Crown the Empire um, with their cover, Payphone, was also featured on there. Pretty cool. Uh, they had only released an EP, I think, and I think it was self-released before they signed to it, and it was after they had really cool, really cool stuff. Anyway, they... Uh, then go to tour with it. They were touring with like some of my all-time favorite bands, like For All Those Sleeping, um, Of Mice and Men. Uh, damn, there was a bunch more that I saw. Like Beartooth, Of Mice and Men, uh, For All Those Sleeping, and Chunk No Captain Chunk, a couple different bands. Well, their first release of 2013, after already announcing that they were going to be playing all of 2013's Warp Tour was during the middle of Warp Tour releasing Hooligans, which is, again, one of my all-time favorite songs by them. It is so good, and it reminds me of Summer. Well, right before that, the drummer, Case Snedeker, something, Snedeker, Snedeker, something like that, left sighting professional musical differences and then was immediately replaced by Josh Manuel. That name you need to remember because it comes up again just a short while later. Very important and it's fucking insane just how far those connections go. They get him on, play all of Warped 13. Well, they then announced that they're working on their debut album and it was supposed to release sometime in November but then got pushed to January and then in December they announced the release date was officially going to be February 18th of 2014 and it was self-titled and the singles that were leading off of that was Never Lose Your Flames and Stingray Afflictions Stingray Affliction Never Lose Your Flames is amazing it is so good the entire self-titled album is insanely good um, but Singer Affliction, I need to go back and listen to it because I was still kind of weird about my music at the time because I remember when these songs released, like as they were releasing and I was still weird because I only liked, I liked one song by the band and if the other songs didn't match that, I got really pissed off. But this was one of the few bands that I actually consumed all of their music and like forced myself to really listen to it and give it a chance. But so they released that and then they released their self titled um, album Issues in February 18th, 2014. They toured all of Warp Tour 14 and played Reading in Leeds and played the Slam Dunk Festival the same year. Crazy. Fucking insane. Well, on November 2nd, they ended up being on another Punk Goes series which was Punk Goes Christmas with their song Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. One of the few Christmas songs I actually enjoy listening to. I listen to it in the middle of summer. It's that good. Right before, uh, right after that, they released their Diamond Dreams acoustic EP, which featured on, was it the worst of them? Let me see. See, I got, I got their, I got the Spotify right here. I don't even know why I'm asking y'all because you can't talk to me and, I have all the information that I need right here. Uh, it was an eight-song EP where they covered Hooligans, Disappear, Remember When, off of their self-titled, uh, King of Amarillo, Princeton Avenue, Diamond Dreams, Never Lose Your Flame, Tears on the Runway, and the worst of them. Mainly, almost every single song off of their 
EP, and then the standalone Hooligan single and a couple songs off of the album. Never Lose Your Flames had Neck Deep on it, which is a pop punk band, which is really fucking good. All right, they're they're insanely good. But they followed up with that really good, uh, incredibly great album. I'm a sucker for acoustic songs, um, all that jazz. So they toured, and in January 2015, Tyler, or Scout, ended up saying that he wasn't going to be touring with the band so we could focus more on music producing, which was fine. And then in November of 2015, he ended up leaving the band permanently, but said he was still going to be working with them in the studio, working on co-producing, and was co-producing their second album titled Headspace, which was announced in January 2015. The first single off of the album after they completely finished it was a song called The Realist, and it released on March 24th, 2016. It's really good. This is basically going to be me talking up after having an album that I was kind of eh on last week. This one is the album. After this, I'm doing a review of the albums. Like, right after this, I'm going to be reviewing the albums. But mm, I bought vinyl record of it, okay, on Headspace Day, the four-year anniversary of it. That's how good it is, okay? I don't buy vinyls of just albums. I'm not that big of a fan. Anyway, The Realist came out 24th, 2016, March 24th, 2016, and then they released three more singles towards the end of April, uh, which was Coma, Blue Wall, and Slow Me Down. Coma, fucking amazing. Really vibey, and it was the first time that you'd heard Michael Bone, the screamer, actually just sing usually he was only doing screaming and even on the realist he had more of a uh growling on it didn't really sing very much coma was the first time you heard him actually singing and he did really good it wasn't anything you know like stand out but to me i i really enjoyed it i thought it was a really nice touch there was a song called blue wall which was very politically charged I'm not a fan of that. It was during the whole time of, uh, what was it, the Baltimore sh- riots and everything. And I was talking about the police, and I ain't getting into that topic, but I'm just not a huge fan of politically charged music. Um, and then an emotionally charged song, Slow Me Down. Uh, another really good one. It's kind of talking about like a woman being forced into, from the music video perspective, I believe it's a woman being forced to be just like this puppet for her husband and then finally busting out of it. Really good. Really good song. Um, The album came out on May 20th of 2016 and then they toured for that. Now, 2016 was the first time I saw them because they played all of Warped Tour 2016. I got to see them. I have a shirt which was themed around them and it was them all dressed up as uh, like stylized in Pokemon style because this is when Pokemon Go was coming out. Their entire set, I can tell you right now, they had a huge banner with issues written out in the Pokemon font, you know, like the normal Pokemon, how it looks. They had issues written out like that. They had an amp for blue, red, yellow, and green, and each of them had the respective old-school 90s Pokemon on the front. And, It was raining. I was in a mosh pit. I was doing... It was the first time at Warp Tour I went off on my own. Like, I just went off on my own to do whatever. And I think I was 14 at the time. And I'd finally had a job. And, oh, my God. It was was so good. It was so good. I love that fucking show. Uh, Oh, man. I can't I can't stay on it too much because I'll just talk nonstop about everything. I met some of my homies there too. Some people that I ended up running into at various other concerts in Austin and then Warp Tour as well. And that that speaks about music. Um so they toured on that. Uh the next year, I believe, two thousand seventeen, was when they went on a tour and they actually started playing Black Diamond songs again, uh, which included a song, kind of a sleeper song on it called Love Sex Riot, featuring Attila's vocalist. And love that one. Really raunchy, but I love that fucking song. Uh but they were actually playing those on tours. Well they kind of stayed silent, nothing had really come out from them since Headspace had released. Um Oh, that's what I forgot. One of the songs that did really well on it was titled Young and Dumb. Now, the guest vocalist was a dude named John Langston. 
I did not know John Langston. I was like, oh, who's he? Is he like, because there's like Garrett Rapp of, was it The Color Morale? He played on uh, a Palisade song. Uh, what was it called? Not True Blood. Uh, know your name. People like us. I just Googled or looked on Spotify. Uh, so I didn't know who he was. So I was just like, oh, John Langston. Okay, must be a different guy. Well, had an ex in 2017 uh, that, you know, was really into country music. And I was like, oh, okay. So I started getting into more. Then she dumped me because, you know, bitches are mean. And ended up ditching me and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that's not cool. And so still stuck with listening to music, country music. My mom sent me a song by him called Right Girl, Wrong Time. And then I was like, John Langston, I recognize that. Well, issues popped up, and I started listening, and I went, holy shit, no way. So I Googled it. Josh Manuel, the drummer for Issues, grew up in Georgia with John Langston. They were like best friends. And Josh Manuel ended up, I think, recording... What is it? All of his... All of his first EPs? Let's see. I think he recorded... Like, co-produced... Uh, his first four EPs and then helped him with other songs which is crazy because the dude plays in a metalcore fusion band and is producing for a platinum selling country artist it's fucking insane it's crazy but anyway so they toured in 2017 it shows but nothing was really coming out about new music well <laughs> in January of 2018 they announced that Michael Bone was fired. I don't think that's right. Let me... Michael Bone of Issues. Huh. Was it really two years ago? Okay, well, I guess that's right. God, I'm fucking old. Uh, yeah, you all just heard my nose slam into my mic. So he got fired. They announced that they had fired him in January 2018. He, of course, threw a fit or whatever. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, they basically said he wasn't keeping up with the expectations of the band. They were paying for singing lessons and stuff like that to make sure he was working and he would barely practice singing or screaming or whatever. Well, he ended up making another band called, like, Wolfheart or something, where he was the drummer. It's fucking weird. But, yeah. So he got kicked out, and then they basically went into, not really hiding, just, like, closed down, figuring out what they were going to do. Well, during this time, Tyler Carter had a solo career, because he also, Tyler Carter, featured on Punk Goes Pop, Volume 6, which released in November of 2014, covering the song Ain't It Fun with uh, the drummer Luke Holland, who was a part of The Word Alive. No. Yes? No. I think it was The Word Alive and Chelsea Grin? Something like that. Insane drummer, metalcore scenes, Travis Barker, basically. And so... Yep, doing that. Well, Tyler Carter ended up releasing his debut solo album, Moonshine, also on Rise Records, on February 1st of 2019. Well, during this time, they announced that they were working on a brand new album. And everybody was like, oh, that's weird. What are you talking about? Well, <laughs> they were going to go as a four-piece. And they started playing shows, and the first live footage came out, and AJ and Skyler were picking up the growling uh, responsibilities. And AJ was brutal. He actually had growling that was on Flojo off the Headspace album. He has a part where him and uh, Michael Bone kind of go back and forth. And, oh, fuck, I love it, man. It makes me so happy. Well, they ended up announcing that they were releasing a brand new song off of the album titled Tapping Out, which was May uh, released on May 3rd, 2019. 
That out, that song is filthy as hell. It is sludgy. It is heavy and and shows AJ's first time doing like all the growling and stuff. And uh, it's it's a beautiful song. They then release another song called "Drink About It" um, in August, and then "Flexin," which was a really funky song in September, and then finally released "Beautiful Oblivion" on. October 4th, 2019. And their latest release was Tapping Out Stripped, which was an acoustic version of Tapping Out. It fucking works. It is insane. You, oh my God. It's so good. It is so good. But they released that on April 13th of this year. It was so, so good. And that is the history of issues. Now, I told y'all I was going to be talking about the albums and what I enjoyed about him. Well, I guess I should talk about it. Um, they are a very different sounding band. And obviously I'm going to have a bias towards it because I'm a huge fan. I found them. No, I didn't find them. My dad found them in 2012 with the cover of Boyfriend. And then he showed me King of Amarillo after that. And I just fell in love with with it, I started listening to that. I went and listened to Love Sex Riot off of it, Princeton Avenue, The Worst of Them. Worst of Them, I think I found in 2014. I knew Princeton Avenue and King of Amarillo that I really enjoyed. And Hooligans, I found Hooligans. Um, and from then on, I just went through and listened. Now, I can't really tell you a ranking <laughs> for this. I mean, I would probably say Beautiful Oblivion is probably below most of the albums not because I don't enjoy it but because I haven't given it a full listen through and you can't be nostalgia on it but of what they have there is the Black Diamonds EP which is their first then they have um, Issue Self-Titled Headspace and then Tapping not Tapping Out I always think of that uh, Beautiful Oblivion and of course they have like the acoustic EPs the acoustic EP thrown in there, and I don't really talk about that because it's basically the same songs, just revised in it, and I put acoustic songs in a totally different vein. I'm going to still love the songs no matter what. But if I had to rank them for, like, my favorites, I'm going to have to go through and talk about why they're good. The Black Diamonds EP really solidified that they were... that they weren't just a carbon copy of woe is me and they weren't just like woe is me light or whatever their song structure and the way that their lyrics and everything just everything about it as a whole i think they did better than woe is me because they was able they were able to incorporate this kind of jazzy new metal hip-hop r&b metalcore blends while still sticking with what they had learned from woe is me and end up making like they have some of the most complex guitar things that like I couldn't play I'm sure somebody better could and they were probably sitting there going well actually it's not really that hard if you know the scales they're actually playing I don't care to me I can't play it so that's very technical to me and I can tell the musicianship is amazing it's just flawless and so Black Diamonds really showed that they hit a lot of stuff. They had King of Amarillo, Princeton Avenue, the worst of them, Love Sex Ryan, her monologue. I believe that is all. I think that is all they had. I think they only had five songs, six songs, six songs on the EP. It was amazing. Her monologue alone is like a six second song, or six second, six minute song, and it's like two songs put into one. It is. Oh, Black Diamonds, which was uh, featuring Scout, which was kind of like, you know, the hype-up track with the intro track to it. And then immediately after, you know, they do Hooligans and stuff, and then release Stingray Affliction and Never Lose Your Flames. Those songs really start showing a difference in who they are. And their self-titled issues has a very broad spectrum across everything. Late, one of the songs in the album is literally almost like a pop song. It's like a pop rock song with a little bit of like metal growls thrown in. It's amazing. It's really good, and it shows a difference. Never Lose Your Flames is like this hip-hop kind of 
punk style pop punk style thing where it's like hitting fast and everything just in your face but it's vibing you can drive with your windows down singing these lyrics and you love it to death disappear remember when is literally the final track on the album where they just crank it up where it's this rock ballad literally i know i'm saying ballad a lot but that's what it is the silky smooth voice of tyler carter is amazing on it he just has an amazing voice and he does this whole thing where it's like reminiscing about everything because tyler carter got hit with a lot he had a fiance or a girlfriend or whatever where he was really close and they went to school they grew up in a christian area they sang on like the church choir and everything she got into a car wreck and died and so that's when she I'm guessing he started moving away from God and started drinking and all this stuff. And now he's talking about it. Disappear, remember when is when he's really talking about it. And it's kind of like a double entendre, I think, because I think he's talking about God and, you know, this love that he has where he's like, you remember when I remember when I didn't need you? Well, I need you now to hold my hand and show me that it's all better now. You know, Um, that's not even talking about their mad at myself song where it's just like oh my god talking about you know falling it has some of my favorite lyrics um i got this old girl i know she's trying to play me these days i drive a honda or these days i drive a honda no the girl is like a honda these days i drive mercedes basically talking like you know fuck you okay you you're a piece of shit while i'm driving a luxury thing when i'm like starting to get into people that actually care for me or whatever it's amazing. And that's just on the debut full album. So it kind of goes from just like absolute bangers with emotion and everything to a more diverse thing. Then you go into Headspace, which is like this really funky feeling stuff. I mean, the first track off the album that's the single is Lost Realist. And it's, or The Realist. And I keep saying that, but that's a trap song. That's off of their, that's off of their second album. I don't know why I keep saying that. Um... The Realist is this like funky, weird R&B with a little bit of a southern twang in it. Metalcore song. Young and Dumb is just an anthem of growing up. Straight up, just a cruising around, again, another cruising around anthem of growing up. Flojo is this corn, completely corn, limp, biscuit, hybrid blend with this hip-hop metalcore twist to it and <laughs> oh man i like that coma is literally like a what is it uh what's that band name polyphia like this really clean sounding guitar that just i can't even describe it to you it's just like a lot of treble in it and it's just amazing it's like a slightly dissonant chords that are just being played and it's so emotional and it just, uh, I want to be all you think about, anything and everything you dream about. As if I had it all figured out, I want to be the one you can't live without. That's the chorus. And it hits me. Trust me. I was, what was it, 2016? I was 15. No, I was 14 at the time when this came out. And that shit, it hit hard. It still hits hard to me. And then you have Blue Wall, which is, as I said, really politically driven, but is just like, Boom, 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 boom. In your face. Doesn't have any remorse, heaviness. And then you go into Beautiful Oblivion, where it's got a song called Here's to You, where it's just like this really kind of lo-fi sounding metalcore, which doesn't make any sense, but they did it. A lo-fi kind of metalcore song. Just hitting you. Tapping Out, which is just a sludge metalcore heavy, just boom, 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 in your face. Has no remorse about it going in with like an auto-tuned chorus like i'm sorry that's dope as fuck <laughs> uh, that's so cool then you have rain which is just a rock i don't want to say ballad again because i feel i'm gonna get yelled at but it's like this rock pop rock song that just kind of hits you but it's not pop rock it's i can't it's like a funky something it's it's emotional flexing is just funk like that's like like he goes like lay on my rent, but I just cop the new tents and got the world on a flat. I just saw on my rent, 
Nobody knows I wear the tags on my clothes. Yeah, something like that. Just funky feeling to it. Makes you want to dance. I groove to it. I groove in that card. Shit, it's so great. And then No Problem Keep It Alive is just talking about keeping love alive. And again, I can't, I've listened to that song maybe once or twice, but I haven't listened to the full album enough to just give like a full recommendation. But it's, really good despite not having Michael Bone on it I think they came out even stronger with it I think it opened up a lot more room and I think it showed them that they could do a lot more than they were giving themselves credit for but if I have to rank it for what I have mm, at this very moment I would put like Headspace at the top I put fuck, this is going to be so hard um I'd put Headspace at the top because I'm like really digging that. Issues next, a self-titled, then Black Diamonds, then Beautiful Oblivion. But that doesn't mean that like the songs are going to match up for me because there are songs off of each album that I prefer a lot more over the next or whatever. But I, I highly recommend starting with like Headspace if you want kind of like a little bit of a blanket kind of feeling for a song because this is metalcore. I know I've been reviewing rap and like pop rap and vibey shit and all this stuff. But this is how I started. This is the stuff that like has my heart. Like right now I'm wearing a Pierce the Veil shirt that I got in 2013. I love this shirt to death. (laughs) I've owned this. I got it as a Christmas gift. It's the black Collide with the Sky album cover with like inverted colors. So it's like purple and reds and yellows and shit instead of the greens and blues and whites. Oh, I love this shirt. And I love this type of music. I've been going back and listening to more of it. This 30 Day Song Challenge has really showed me that. And this is my kind of world. I'm wanting to, I want to review a bit more. I want to go and review some of my favorite metal albums. And I don't know if you guys would be interested in that. But... I wanted to do a little bit more of this because it's so good. Like metalcore, metal isn't where it used to be. And I don't think metal was ever at that point that people think it was at, you know, like Metallica and stuff. That's considered classic rock now. Back in the day, it was the heavy metal. And I know that's going to make some people feel so old, but I mean, now it's just considered classic rock. And so metalcore and new metal and stuff like that it's always going to have like this kind of small niche cult following community with it and for a lot of bands that's really hard to stick with you know um bring me the horizon was a really i I love their stuff on sympaternal i I love it i think a lot of people love their stuff on sympaternal but i did enjoy songs on uh that's the spirit I did enjoy stuff like that. But they ended up moving and selling out for it. And I say selling out because here's the thing. They stopped doing what made them popular in the first place. There's a difference between experimenting and selling out so you can get money with it. Now people can say the same thing about me. You started with the acoustic songs. Now you're making rap songs. Well, I still make acoustic stuff. I'm still working on acoustic stuff. Just right now, my focus is on these rap songs so I can finish up an album. Then I'm working on acoustic stuff. Hell, I wanted to start as a full band. I wanted to have a rock band. I wanted to play all that. But I'm having to do everything myself because every band I've been with sucks ass. It's been really hard (laughs) finding people that want to work on music in that regard with it. So, I say give it a try. Headspace is a really good one. It kind of has a taste of everything. As I say, Coma, so good. The Realist, so good. Young and Dumb, so good. Then get into more stuff. Their Black Diamonds EP is some of their heaviest shit. Not joking. It's some of their heaviest shit, and I love it to death. And even if you don't want to listen to that stuff, listen to Tyler Carter sing pretty much every song on the Diamond Dreams EP. It's a really good one really good but I guess that's the end of my review with that um there's not a whole lot to (laughs) 
say past it. And I hope you guys enjoyed the little history lesson. But uh, yep, tell me if you guys want to hear more history of bands like this because I'm I'm in, I enjoyed it. It's a little different sitting down in front of a mic and talking because I can tell the normal person and not worry about it. But if I put it into a podcast and people are like well actually i looked it up and you were off by like three days and this is it's like i don't fucking care but i still wanted to make sure i had all the facts for you guys and just putting microphone in front of me makes me nervous anyway plus i'm just fucking tired man on friday uh i went out and i walked 13 miles and with a friend and it hurts it was like uh 97 degrees Close to 100. I know that much. 29,326 steps and 13 miles. And we walked the Brushy Creek Trail all the way down to like Harry Man. And for those that live in the area, it fucking hurts. My shins are killing me right now. I am so exhausted. I can barely keep my eyes open. And it's been two days. <laughs> And I still need to work out today so I can do it. I'm doing the whole like gay for me challenge uh, with my buddy uh, that we decided to do because of like tiny meat gang on like their episode eight. And so I want to, I want to be happy with when I look in the mirror, but I'm going to do like a small workout because my like lower stomach is killing the fuck out of me. I'm so tired from that. I just, I can't handle it. It hurts so bad. And then I got sunburned really bad because I got about 30 minutes in and forgot sunscreen. So I was like, um, but yeah, if anybody gets to the end of this, um, comment what y'all have been doing. You know, I think I've said this before, but a really disheartening thing to happen is when, you know, you're like asking questions or whatever as like an artist or a creator in general you're like asking questions like, oh, hey, what do you guys think? Oh, what do you think for this? Oh, what do you think for that? And nobody responds or they just like it and move on. It's kind of like, hey, you know, there's a question here that'd be really cool if y'all answered. Um, It's not just a suggestion. It's more of like a, hey, let's have a conversation. And I know we're stuck in quarantine. So nobody's fucking doing anything. So it's like, want to talk? And in regards to quarantine, oh my god. Texas is now up to phase two and the numbers are showing that, or the statistics are showing that numbers are going back up for corona. Why? Because nobody's obeying. Nobody's wearing masks. Nobody's respecting the social distance with it. And here's the thing. Alright? My life is a little bit different because my mom has like no immune system. She has like five of the six things that make you way more at risk than the normal person for catching corona so i'm having to be really careful with it i'm going to do social distance like everything i'm not able to go out very often i'm stuck in this house right but just because there's you know one person that is you know diseased and it's like Oh, okay, well, we're healthy. We have strong immune system. That doesn't mean your immune system is ready to handle this. There's a really big difference. Because if your immune system doesn't have any immunities to this new disease, then how the hell are you not going to get sick? I had a conversation with somebody who said that their immune system was strong as hell. And they weren't worried about getting sick. The guy's a fucking moron. Why? Because nobody's immune system has any immunities to this. And so I was in Home Depot yesterday because I had to get equipment because I own a lawn care business. I needed to buy equipment. I had to go in there, and I wanted to get out as fast as I could. I was wearing masks. I was being safe. They're packed in there as if it was pre-quarantine, like a Black Friday sale. Nobody's obeying the social distance. Everybody, Everybody's wearing masks because it's, well, almost everybody. There were the people that, you know, either wore them just to get in and then took them off immediately because that doesn't make any fucking sense. But the numbers are going back up because nobody's obeying these guidelines with it. You know, my government stepped in. I'm a libertarian. I don't like the government being involved in anything. But even I was like, okay, the whole reason that the government has to get involved is because people are not listening. People are not using common sense. 
So if you guys are wanting to keep everything open and stay in phase two, obey the guidelines. Be careful. Be safe. Don't just go out and do everything, all right? Because whether or not you think you're going to get sick, there's you can be a carrier for somebody else. You can be that way for 14 days. So even if you don't get sick, you could just cause dozens of people to catch it and then spread it to other people and other people. That's the number. One person interacting with four people, each of those people interacts with another four people. So four, eight, 12, 16. 16 people in total that those four people interact with. And then it just gets worse. Then it gets worse. Then it gets worse. And then it gets worse. And then it spreads. That's how it got it. And I think that's what's happening right now. So just, you know, stay safe in quarantine. You know, don't go out unless you have to. Be safe when you have to go out in public. Wear masks. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands. Give people social distance. I know it sucks. You can't go outside, but you just got to be careful with it. Go on a hike. That's what I did. It hurts like hell, but. Hey, get you out of the house. <laughs> but, yeah, so I guess that was mini rant or whatever with the whole lockdown thing. But, you know, I want to go get a tattoo, and I can't do that if the numbers are getting worse in a month. All right? I've been dying to go get a tattoo, and my, I can't risk my mom's health. So if y'all dumbasses can just stay inside for a little bit and obey the rules, not 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 calling everybody dumbasses. I'm saying the people that are just, like, completely ignoring everything. But if those people can just, you know, obey some rules and say, I can give my tattoo and I can do it without hurting my mom. It'd be great. It's going to be great. In other news, um, what's some new music that released? Hmm. Let's check out my release radar. Um, uh, Broadside announced their brand new album called, what's it called? Circles? Maybe? I don't know. Or no, I think it's called The Raging Sea. Uh, they announced it and it is... Um, they just released the title track as the first single, The Raging Sea, uh, last week. 5x3 um, by, by Upon a Brain Body. Remember that band I said was from San Antonio? Give it a try. They just released a new song. It's uh, supposed to be a total fucking banger. Currents just released their Monsters song. Uh, Miss Fortune released the instrumental of their self-titled brand new album that came out a couple weeks ago. Um, I believe the 1975 released their new song, too. Volumes, a uh, metal band from L.A., released their brand new song, Pixelate. It's really fucking good. House on Fire by Asking Alexandria just came out. Stand Atlantic released a new song. Um... Don't know much else past that that I'm willing to put on the line for it, except for Jordan Davis released his follow-up to his self, no, to his debut album Home State, released a self-titled Jordan Davis EP that just came out on Friday. So if you want some good old country, uh, more modern country kind of blend. It's a really good album to try. I need to listen to it. I've only heard clips from like always, always maybe, or maybe always, something like that, and uh, Church in a Chevy. But it's like five or six songs. It's really good. Go and give it a listen. And the anniversary for my very first pop rap song that kind of started this whole thing, Journal, has its anniversary on June 11th. So if you haven't given it a listen... Uh, go give it a try. If you enjoy it, share it with a couple friends. See what they think. And if you guys have any ideas for what you want to hear on the podcast, any album recommendations, any of that, let me know. And I would absolutely love to give it a try and give my review and opinion on it. And uh, next week, I'm going to be doing another review with Soap. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Future's new album. Don't remember what it's called, but we're going to be reviewing that. So if you enjoy listening to us talk about you know, little Nas being unable to buy a uh, foreign car because he's gay, be prepared for even more jokes like that. And uh, then the week after, uh, I'm going to be hanging out with some friends and talking, so it's going to be probably 
not many fucking uh song reviews and more just total bullshit so anyway i hope everybody is staying safe i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast uh make sure to check out my artist page on instagram uh at the real michael riccardi and check out my Spotify for any music. Uh, I'm doing something where I'm accepting submissions to of clips of people dancing to my song Hum to be a part of a community music video. So if you have any interest in being in a music video and helping me out a little bit, go check that out and send me some submissions. So anyway, that's it for this week. Hope you guys stay safe. Remember, be smart about everything. Wear your mask, stay clean, and uh, I will see y'all next Monday. Later.